I'm Rob Gorski, and you're listening to the Autism Dad Podcast. Uh, I wanted to start off with a couple of housekeeping things today. Uh, first of all, I've been behind on, on putting out regular new episodes, and I wanted to explain why. And then I wanted to maybe turn that into a teachable moment, which can turn into an episode. So here's what's going on. Um, a few weeks ago, we had my oldest son, Gavin, to uh, his psychiatrist. Uh, Gavin has a lot of challenges. Uh, childhood disintegrative disorder, which is a very rare form of regressive autism. Um, a lot of health issues, serious health issues. Uh, but he also has schizophrenia. Uh, he was diagnosed very young. Uh, he's been he's been managed pretty well most of the time. Uh, he was on a medication called clozapine. Uh, clozapine is an antipsychotic that is among the most tightly controlled medications in the U.S. It's banned in a lot of other countries. Uh, because of the uh, side effects it can have on uh, your white blood cell count. Uh, so, you know, in order to use clozapine, you have to have blood work. Uh, it starts out with every seven days you get blood work, and then you get another seven days worth of pills. And then after six months, it's every 14 days uh, you get blood work, and then it's 14 days worth of pills. And then after a year um, of having your blood work come back without any problems, uh, you can go to once a month, and then you get a 30-day supply. Um, clozapine is a very, very effective antipsychotic medication. Uh, it's also sort of the end-of-the-road medication uh, that, that's usually only given when nothing else works. And in Gavin's case, nothing else works. And so clozapine has, has been what has um, sort of helped to improve his quality of life and, and limit uh, schizophrenic symptoms. Um, you may have seen videos on my YouTube channel of Gavin sharing about some of the missions that he goes on and things like that. Uh, he's, you know, it's not his imagination. I mean, he, 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 he truly believes that he's doing these things. Um, but back to the crisis. So that's a little bit of background. Um, we started noticing as Gavin has been on a medication for years and years and years that, uh, he was starting to experience side effects. Uh, he was, he, um, Confusion was one, uh, lethargy was another. So he was he was just sedated and really tired all the time. And so we went back to his doctor and we reduced the dose. And then everything was fine for a while. Uh, and then over time, we started getting the same symptoms again. And so we went back and we reduced his medication dose again. Uh, and everything was good. And then we got to the point where it started happening again. And... You know, my wife and I spoke and we met with the doctor and we had extensive conversations about just pulling him off the medication altogether. The problem with that is um, there is nothing else that works uh, for Gavin and you can't just stop clozapine and go back on. Um, he has fallen off twice uh, over the years due to issues with refills and insurance hiccups and stuff like that. And every time you stop and go back on, the chances of serious side effects increase. Uh, and, and we saw symptoms and side effects increasing uh, as, as he would have, to, you know, as he, as he stopped and then got back on. It was nothing really serious. Uh, it was bladder control issues. Um, and uh, the, the uh, sedation and stuff like that. Uh, so, we met with the doctor, and after extensive conversations, we decided that we were going to just pull Gavin off of the meds altogether because 
A, he was already going back into um, his, his worlds that he exists in where he is a hero and he fights bad guys and, and he's got this superhero team and, and he's a hero of all these universes. I've talked about it a million times. Um, it, it's on my blog. If you just search Gavin or something like that, it'll, it'll come up. So there was, there was debate as to whether or not the medication was actually doing anything. And, and then it becomes a risk-reward scenario, like um, are the side effects that he's experiencing, did they justify the improvement to his life? And the honest answer to that was that we don't know. And the only way to know is to pull him off the medication. Doing that presents a lot of problems. One, there's a good chance that he can't ever go back on. Uh, and, and the other thing is, there is nothing else that works. And so it sort of feels like a one-way trip. If the medication wasn't working, then it'll just be status quo minus the side effects because he would be doing the same things that he was already doing now uh, just without the medication. If the medication was working and, and this was just sort of uh, bleed through uh, psychotic episodes, then you know we would be in trouble because the tidal wave of uh, delusions would just sort of uh, just overwhelm him and and so that's the decision that we were we were dealing with. Uh, ultimately, we decided to pull him off the medications because health and safety uh, for him was priority over um, you know reduction of schizophrenic symptoms. There's a misnomer about people who are psychotic. You know, we, we think uh, psychotic people are like serial killers and stuff like that. And that's not the case. Uh, most psychotic people, all, all psychosis is, is loss of touch with reality, meaning you can't tell the difference between what's real and what's not. And that is Gavin to a T. Um, he does not understand the difference a lot of times between his reality and then the reality that the rest of us live in. And that presents a lot of problems. But there's nothing uh, where, you know, he is really a danger to himself or anybody else. So so from that angle of, of, of safety things, uh, you know, he, he's doing okay. Um, you know, a long time ago, years, like 10 years ago, uh, before we found a medication that worked, he, he was becoming dangerous. Uh, he, would, he would see things and hear things and he would hear voices that would tell him to do uh, bad things. He would, he would be awoken in the middle of the night by something he called his Lego boss, which was just a voice in his head, I guess, uh, that would order him to do all of these things in the middle of the night. Um, it started to get creepy. It started to get really concerning. And so we really had to buckle down and find a solution. Clozapine was that solution. Uh, so where we are today is over the last three weeks, Gavin has been weaned off of the clozapine. And this is the first week that he has not been on it as his dose was reduced and the levels in his system uh, have come down, uh, he, he is losing touch with reality more so than we've seen in a very long time, which tells us the medication was working. Uh, you know, he informed us, it was Tuesday night at therapy, that uh, he announced that he was a god. Um, a god. He, he's not saying like he's the god. He's just a god, like a Greek god kind of thing um, in his world. And, and he has all these, you know, incredible powers. And, and it was a little bit unnerving because we'd never seen that before. We, he's always been a hero, but he's never been 
uh, to that extent. And it's, it, it sort of falls under delusions of grandeur. And, you know, as time has gone on this week, it's, it's getting worse and worse. And he's to the point where he's waking up in the middle of the night. Something's waking him up in the middle of the night. And he's going on these missions uh, where he has to battle all these bad guys and, and stuff like that. And so it keeps him up all night now. So he's not sleeping. Um, and, you know, he's, he is, he, his thought patterns are just scattered. Um, he, uh, he, he can't, he, he's not functioning. He's not functioning on a level that, he, that he is capable of functioning on. Um, and, and so we're seeing things like, um, he, he's, he's talking like a mile a minute. He talks a lot to start with, but he's talking nonstop and it's, it's really fast and the thoughts are just sort of racing, um, almost like he's manic. Uh, and, and there may be some mania. It's part of this. But, you know, we've reached a point where we, we called his doctor back. We're supposed to go back in a couple of weeks to reevaluate the situation after everything is sort of cleared his system. Because uh, there's another medication that he's currently coming off of now that's sort of inconsequential, but it's just we're, we're, he's coming off of it. Uh, so after the dust settles, we were supposed to go back and reevaluate what was going on. Well, I had to put a call in yesterday because he's not sleeping at night. And our concern is that he's hearing voices that are waking him up in the middle of the night and having him do things. So we need to sort of, we, we need to sort of flesh that out as quickly as we can. And, uh, I'm waiting, to, I'm waiting on a call back at the time that I'm recording this. I'm going to, I'm going to give them a little bit of time and, and I'll reach back out to them. But, uh, that has been very consuming for me for the last few weeks. Um, watching your 19 year old son, um, proclaim that he is a God and, and that he has all these superpowers and he's not just, he's not just saying this stuff like to be funny or like, like he's like, these aren't imaginary friends. Like he, he sees these things and he hears these things. Uh, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking and you know, we are at a point where we're having to start putting things back on the table that we had taken off the table a long time ago. And and that is, you know, if we cannot manage these symptoms and he becomes a threat to himself or, or somebody else in the house, we have to remove him from the home and, and find placement somewhere, at least on a temporary basis, maybe for sort of emergent, um, medical stabilization. Um, I, it's a heartbreaking, it's a heartbreaking experience. And we haven't had to deal with this in a very long time, uh, because he was being managed pretty well on the meds that he was on, but something in his body chemistry has changed and, and the meds aren't working the way that they were working before. And it was safer to pull him off. And, and this is sort of what we're, we're dealing with. And, and you just sort of, you can just sort of watch him as he just comes unglued. And, and he's less tethered to our reality and more immersed in his, uh, like he's, he's not taking care of himself like he used to. I mean, he was never, he was never huge on things like hygiene. I mean, a lot of kids with autism are sort of oblivious to those types of daily things. They have to be reminded. Gavin was oblivious to a lot of that, but you know, he did, you know, we've gotten him into the habit of maintaining certain things and he's not doing that. Uh, his room is destroyed not like physically destroyed, but it's a disaster. I mean, there's clothes everywhere, uh, Legos scattered everywhere. I mean, it's, it's very disorganized and that 
is is unlike him. Uh, normally, he keeps it pretty organized because he likes to know where all of his things are. Um, but when he gets in, into these manic or or psychotic phases, he becomes scattered and disorganized, and he can't. He just doesn't function uh, the way that he otherwise would. So so that has been very very consuming. Um, and the reason that I wanted to bring this up was a that's I've been distracted and that's why I haven't been able to really put anything else out. Um, but then I also thought, you know, parents of kids with special needs, whether it's mental health issues or it's autism or it's a physical, um, disability or, or, or health, uh, problems, you know, you run into situations that are crises and, and then how do you handle a crisis? Uh, what qualifies as a crisis and, um, how do you, how do you know that you're not overreacting and how do you know that you're not underreacting? And so I thought I would just sort of talk a little bit about how we decide when something has reached a level where it's a crisis and, re- and requires immediate intervention. It's going to be different for everybody because every situation is different. Uh, but when it comes to things like the schizophrenia uh, with Gavin specifically, you know, we know that there's always going to be a detachment from reality to some extent. He's never going to be symptom free. Uh, but when but when we reach a point where, you know, he's having serious disconnections from reality, uh, and he's having some some digestive issues, he's having a lot of stomach aches and headaches, which could be part of the withdrawal. We're waiting to find out, you know, and and it gets to the point where we start seeing old behaviors reemerging that were very problematic when he was younger, and now that he's nineteen, uh, bigger and stronger. We have to be very careful how far we allow this to go before we uh, intervene. And you know, there's not a lot that you can do, but we have to first and foremost make sure that everybody is safe in the house. Everybody has to be safe. Uh, that has to be the priority. So if, if we start to feel in any way, shape, or form that there is a safety issue, then we need to immediately respond to that. We will immediately contact the doctors. Uh, if there needs to be uh, placement in, in, a, in a psychiatric unit temporarily, which we've had to do in the past, then we do that. Um, it's not mean. It's not cruel. Uh, you know, he, he's been in the psych unit know, close to a dozen times over the course of his life for various uh, issues. And the idea is to remove him from the situation, address any sort of uh, acute situations with medications or or symptoms to try and get things under control so that he can be returned home. Uh, that would be the first thing that we would probably do. Uh, you know, if that becomes an issue, then, you know, if, if that doesn't work or, or they can't stabilize, and then we have to look at more long-term solutions, which are very difficult uh, financially, physically, and uh, emotionally to, to even go down that road. And we're not there yet, so but that's one of the things that we have to start saying out loud, I guess, to ourselves. But you know, outside of that, you know, we we have to make sure that there there isn't anything that you know he has access to that could potentially be dangerous to himself or somebody else. So you know, we have to go through the house and and you know, I mean, we do a, a decent job of keeping everything like that out of harm, you know, out, out of reach, anyways. But we have to go through again and make sure that we have everything sort of up to snuff so that there just isn't, we're just eliminating possibilities. 
we're going to have to put the camera in his room back on. Uh, it's monitored through our alarm system so that we can access the camera. You know, it's not to spy on him uh, because I have no interest in watching him sleep or anything like that. But what it does do is it gives us an idea of what he's doing when he's in his room, um, how he's interacting. Maybe we get an idea of what kind of voices he's hearing. Um, to you know, maybe we get to see sort of some of the missions that he's going on. It also lets us know whether he's actually sleeping at night, when he's waking up, patterns like that. Uh, and it also functions as a motion sensor so that when, uh, if he gets up in the middle of the night and the camera detects a motion, it immediately sends an alert uh, to our phones, which are on our nightstand, letting us know that he is up and he's moving around the house. That way he can't get up and wander around and, and whatever. Uh, so they're just, they're just precautions. They're just, you know, I don't foresee there being safety issues right now. Um, because Gavin, Gavin is such a gentle soul. He is such a sweet kid. He would never intentionally hurt anybody. Um, but you know, we've had things in the past, uh, where, you know, he saw something attacking. I think it was Elliot, uh, when Elliot was, I don't know, two or three years old. And Gavin, he called it the rat face and it was climbing on the wall in Elliot's room and Gavin thought he was protecting Elliot and had shoved him around to get him out of the way. Elliot got hurt, nothing significant, just sort of knocked around a little bit. Uh, and so it was more of a collateral damage because, because Gavin, he thought that he was protecting his brother. You know, his intentions were genuine. He was trying to protect his brother from something that wasn't really there. And, and so those are the things that, that we're more concerned with. And, and then just, you know, the emotional well-being of, of the other kids in the house, you know, I mean, it, it's tough as an adult, as a parent to, to coexist w with somebody who is untethered from reality. It's, it's exhausting. It's heartbreaking. And, you know, his need to constantly brag about what he's doing, um, be, and it's, I say bragging, but it, He's proud of what he's doing. You know, he feels good, like it's an accomplishment in his life. And so he, he tells us about it and he's proud of himself, you know. Uh, but hearing about it all the time, knowing that, that this stuff isn't real and, and it's all in his head and it's all a symptom of a disorder uh, that, that is not being managed properly for whatever reason, it's heartbreaking. And every time we have to hear him tell us about it, it's just a reminder of, of where we are and, and how bad things have gotten. And so if that's hard on me as an adult or my wife as an adult, you know, I can't imagine what it's like for his little brothers. So that's a consideration as well. Uh, so th that's, that's sort of where we are at the moment. Um, I, I have to, you know, reach back out to his doctor, uh, as soon as I'm done with this recording, probably, and try and find out what's going on because, uh, we probably need to get him in. And, and maybe there have been medications that have been released since uh, we sort of reached the end of the road a while back. Uh, there might be newer medications that have come out since that, that we can try. Um, and, and, then, and then we need to just address any of the side effects that, that we might be seeing from withdrawal and try and, and try and get a handle on this before it gets any worse than what it is. You know, psychosis is, is very difficult to deal with. It's, it's, 
in, in many cases, like in Gavin's case, a lot of times it's pretty easy to treat. You can make medication adjustments and it, and it sort of resolves itself. Uh, but with Gavin, it used to be that he would have psychotic episodes and then he would have periods of lucidity where everything was sort of typical or, or I say normal, but I don't mean that in a just more ordinary, not psychotic. Uh, but as time has gone on, it's become more and more time that he is untethered from reality than the times that he is actually lucid and coherent and able to tell the difference between real and uh, not real. So, you know, it's progressive for him and it's getting more and more difficult. Luckily, uh, Gavin, you know, his, his delusions and his missions and things, they, they don't tend to get very dark. Um, it's, it's not, you know, him going around murdering people or anything like that. It's he, he is protecting people in these missions and he's a hero and he is, uh, you know, taking out the bad guys and stuff like that. So it's, so, you know, he's, he's on the good side of whatever he has going on in his head. And so that's somewhat of a comfort. Uh, if it were to turn darker or, or involve, um, killing people or things in, in these missions that he's on, that's something that we need to be concerned about. Um, if, if, uh, we have sort of this thing, I guess I should have explained this earlier. He, his bedroom door is a portal. And so all of the things, most of the things that take place on his missions take place once he walks through his bedroom door. And when he walks through his door, he is apparently, he's transported to, uh, his secret base or whatever. And, you know, his, some of his, some of his friends from over there will come through the portal and, and they'll be with us on car rides and stuff like that. He'll tell us like Sonic is his main, is like his best friend in this whole thing. Uh, and so he'll tell us, you know, Sonic's running outside the car right now or something like that. And everybody just sort of, Oh, okay, that's cool, Gavin. And whatever. But if any of the bad guys, uh, cross over the portal or missions take place on our side of the portal, uh, his doctor has said that that's, that's a cause for concern. Uh, because right now that's sort of a boundary. Uh, it sort of keeps things contained. And if, if it starts to take place, outside of that containment, we have to, um, address that. How, I, I don't know, but that's what we have to do. Uh, so that, that's sort of where, where I have been the last couple of weeks. Uh, and you know, I, I just thought maybe this could be a teachable moment. Maybe, you know, we can maybe learn something from this and, 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 you know, whether, whether it's a, a schizophrenic related thing or it's an autism thing or, or, a health related thing. I mean, crises happen and, and how we respond to them is, is important. You know, you, you always want to keep a cool head. You always want to be able to think, you know, and not just react, always have a plan in place in the event of something happening. Uh, and then a backup plan, you know, figure out what your course of action is, uh, address any safety issues. Safety has to always come first. That's what they've always told us, whether, whether we were working with doctors or his psychiatrist or, 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 you know, people at the, the, uh, psychiatric facility, um, we have to prioritize safety. The safety of everyone in the house comes before anything else. 
And if Gavin is unsafe, then Gavin has to be removed. So we, we have to just accept that as being the number one rule. And then we have to decide where that line is. At what point do we decide or do we determine that, that whatever he's doing or whatever he's experiencing has, has reached or crossed that threshold of where safety becomes a concern. So you want to establish all these things prior so that you don't have to struggle with it in the moment. Um, you know, try and line up help, uh, family or friends or, or services that can help you in the event that something happens and you need to be able to react immediately. Like in our case, we have to keep things that could be potentially dangerous uh, out of the way. You know, the biggest thing the doctor told us is, is anything that can, can start a fire is, is the big concern. So we don't have matches. We have matches, but they're hidden and they're locked away. Uh, and you should do that anyways. But just common sense kind of safety things. We don't have weapons in the house. We don't have uh, things that can be used in that manner, uh, hopefully. And, and like matches and lighter fluid, all that kind of stuff is, is up and, and locked away. So kind of common sense things. But for us, we have to do that. And, you know, I mean, this isn't a medical, necessarily medical crisis because he has medical issues. Uh, and, and we sort of handle them differently. But you can use that same framework, that same uh, sort of generic template to just sort of have things in place so that if something does come up, you're able to uh, respond and, and do so in a manner that is productive that is level-headed and as responsible as you can do. So that's sort of what we're, we're dealing with now. And, and I hope that, first of all, if anybody can relate to this, I'm truly sorry because I know how painful it is to watch somebody go through this. Uh, but if, if you are going through something similar, I, I hope this sort of helps you to, to, to maybe A, realize that you're not alone, and, and B, maybe, maybe there's some ideas that I talked about that could be a benefit. Uh, you know, so again, this is what's been going on. I'm going to try and get things back on track for next week. Uh, I had planned on a lot of things for Autism Awareness Month, but this has sort of shoved everything onto the back burner. So again, my name is Rob Gorski. This is the Autism Dad podcast. You can find me at theautismdad.com. All my social links are at the top right corner. Uh, you can mostly find me on Twitter. I don't really pay attention to anything else. So you can hit me up on Twitter and I usually respond to everybody. So you can do that. Uh, also we're on all the major podcasting apps that are out there. So just do a search for the autism dad, hit that subscribe button because it really helps. Uh, it helps me to further my efforts and support my family. So again, guys, I really appreciate your time and I will hopefully see you next week.